I'm finna put all this in my book bag because I'm from the streets. Yeah, yeah. Boom, what's going on? It's your boy Ambition, and we're back at it with another episode of the MYFB podcast. And today with me, we have, I, man, I want to say spiritual alchemist extraordinaire. I was going through your background and your website and all of the amazing uh, offerings that you have from aromatherapy uh, to, you know, alchemy, this idea of the elevation of consciousness. So today with us, we have Adora. Thank you for joining us, Adora. How are you doing today? Awesome. And I love your title, your name, Ambition. That is so beautiful. Like what an inspiration the moment that you meet someone and engage in conversation with them. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, you know, I wrote a spoken word piece about it when I was like 19. And there was a bunch of quotes that I had pulled out because, you know, one of the things that you do with any sort of literature, you want to go back and say, okay, who said what about this concept? Uh, And Niccolo Machiavelli said, ambition is that which without nothing starts, right? So I was really leaning into the the fact that I was really good at starting stuff and not so good at completing it at first. Um, But, you know, over time, yeah, over time, I've learned how to complete and execute with all of those things. So it all worked out. I love your name as well. Thank you. There's actually um, a song by a a rapper. His name's uh, Jadena. He has a song named Adora. Really? I have never heard it. I've got to write that down. What is his name? Jadena. So let's, yep. I would play it right now, but we don't want to get copyrighted. Right. I'll play it after. No, definitely. Definitely. I I don't mind getting off topic. It's the copyright infringement we want to avoid. Oh, right. (laughs) That is important. So tell us a little bit about your business. What do you, what is it exactly that you do for your clients? Um, Mm. And what, what are the, what's the feeling that you leave them with? Right. Mm -hmm. I talk to a lot of business owners. We can often talk about the product, but how do you make your clients feel after those products are introduced or those services are introduced? I love that. Um, I love that question because it's so connected to my mission and vision, right? Which is all about ways that I can support humanity in the remembrance of their sovereignty Mm. and their divinity and empowered to express their highest nature of being right in the most authentic of ways. Uh, But our feeling experience is what cultivates and creates a bridge to allow for our highest expression to surface. So when someone comes to me and then they can, they can come in from a few different perspectives because our platform is really um, unique in that it is expansive. Uh, we have both products, we have services, right, where I do one-on work um, with individuals I teach in a group setting, which I definitely want to talk about from the veteran perspective, because that's such a passion of mine. Um, and then I have my new book that's out and uh, a speaking platform that's connected with and beyond that, as well as my new institute, this whole institute for Quantum Living, which is an educational platform that's launching next year. So at the, like the core thread that intertwines all of those aspects is the feeling of inspiration, mm. is the feeling of empowerment, right? Because when we feel empowered, we make such more 
uh, inform decisions, right, about our life. And, and one thing that I'm working on right now is this concept that's in my book called the survive to thrive pyramid, mm -hmm. right? And it's kind of, it's similar in concept to Maslow's hierarchy in, in that we all start at the lower base of the pyramid to some degree, right? In some aspect of survival and struggle whether that's from an economic perspective, whether that's from a physical health perspective and, and many other forms and facets. But ultimately, what is our uh, design, right? We're, we're all, our innate desire is to evolve. And so to come up through that pyramid, ultimately to walk the path of self-mastery and self-actualization. Mm. So when we can come in and move into feelings of empowerment and release and freedom from the patterns of adversity or trauma that we've experienced in this life or through our DNA, right, through our genetics, right. um, that allows for us to fully express who we are. So the feeling piece is imperative, right, to carving out that higher path of of living and expressing who we are. I can definitely see um, the direction that you're going in. I can see the vision as you talk about it uh, because it's definitely something that's needed. Um, you know, I, I say this a lot on the podcast. I tell people the journey that we've been through in our business, <clears throat> which is that we started out wanting to just strictly teach people how to start their own businesses. And we immediately ran into all of these obstacles and brick walls in the uh, term of limiting beliefs, right? Yes, exactly. So, and, and this is where I, I've come to understand myself, not just as a business owner, but as a leader going, okay, I know that there's these people that need this sort of help, right? I'm not the right person for it at the moment, but let me go and get those skills, so then I started studying hypnotherapy and became a hypnotherapist, got certified. And we said, okay, well, let's offer those skills, right? I love it. Um, I'm not going to lie. I think I went too far hypnotherapy, too far uh, abstract for my, mm -hmm. for my taste. Um, and I said, you know what? Let me course correct and get back to the business stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, but keep this available for... Yeah the people that really need it. So now hypnotherapy is something that we offer privately, but our courses do have some of that knowledge in there in terms of getting over limiting beliefs. So I definitely, mm -hmm. I, I love the fact that you are combining the two, right? Like there's, there has to be this understanding that whether you want to be successful in business and or successful as a family member uh, with being the head of a family, no matter what you want to be successful in, there's this lifestyle balance. And if that lifestyle balance doesn't include some essence of the spiritual aspect, um, I think it just kind of leaves so much behind. Mm -hmm. And you're going to look at repeating the same cycles all over again. It's so true, Ambition. I think that um, even if we're consciously aware of it or not, that the path of the entrepreneur is truly a spiritual path. Mm. And that because, of course, everything that we feel in any and as you know, this right brilliant from the perspective of hypnotherapy, anything that is left unresolved within us continues to create, project and magnetize experience. Yes. Right. And so with that knowledge, we know that as an entrepreneur, we can only 
um, go beyond the glass ceiling that is held within us. The, the funny part that, about what you just said that's so true is that you, you think that you're not going to have to deal with your attitude problems or you're not going to have to deal with the fact that, you know, man, most days I wake up feeling shitty. But as an entrepreneur, your clients are going to throw that energy right back into your face times 1,000. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's just the nature of the beast. And I know there's probably some entrepreneurs listening and they're trying to figure out, well, why can't I get the sales? Um, you know, I'm always dealing with all of these fucked up people. If you're mm-hmm. dealing with a whole bunch of fucked up people in your business, it's not the people who's fucked up. It's your perspective. Yeah. Well, and, and this is where it, we come to a deeper understanding that we are all connected and that those that we come into contact and communion with, whether it's business or strangers or other relationships are all holding mirrors for us. Right. I definitely agree with that. And that I think the old paradigm of business says, well, busy, your business and your personal life are separate, but we know that um, life isn't based on that Cartesian philosophy, that it's not finite and separate and that everything is connected and ultimately everything bleeds through. Right. So the new paradigm of business that I'm really um, envisioning is where we come together in um, a fundamental vision of honor, of respect, of understanding that people have a personal life as well as a business life, of inclusion and diversity from our cultural perspectives, because what does that do? That helps us all grow, right? In our understanding of the human perspective, human insight, human wisdom, human challenges, human adversity. Um, and it also unites us in a deeper way. So for example, um, I have a team, a core team right now of about nine people. And then we have a robust internship program where we have an additional five to maybe 20 additional team members that come in interns for three months in all different facets of the business. It could be social media, it could be PR, it could be SEO, it could be graphic design, web development, accounting, biz dev, you name it. But when we come together, we come together from the perspective of connection, connect, connecting, right? Like we right. start each team meeting out with a moment of gratitude and unification. And that sets the stage for what I see is a much more organic, um, inspirational environment that people because of our innate human desire to evolve and succeed, people then just organically bring the best of who they are to the team. Nice. And that we honor that sometimes somebody's going to need a day off or like can voice, like, I am just feeling really overwhelmed. I need somebody to help me pick up the slack. And we do that because we, we are one organism in that way. Right. And so from that perspective, it becomes a teaching for all levels of the team from the intern to leadership, including myself, Mm -hmm. where we're all learning and growing together. Right. And we're all holding the mirror for each other. And sometimes we really love what we see. And sometimes we say, okay, well, this didn't work. Why not? What do we need to, where do we need to pivot? What do we need to configure and what's coming up and let's have more care, compassion and acceptance of ourselves in this process of expansion. 
So one of the things I definitely want to highlight is you definitely have a very unique combination. Um, normally, when we see um, wellness businesses that are spiritual based, where there's these spiritual concepts, um, a lot of us can lose our grounding, so to speak, and we don't see very good digital accompaniments. But from everything that you just said, right, if I charge you guys, run it back a minute, web design, SEO, uh, if you've, at, I went to go look at your website and there's all of these different facets that you do, whether it's the products or running retreats, mm -hmm. um, your, your business seems like you, you didn't just take the spiritual leader aspect and sit in that, but you really dived into what does it take to be a modern day um, leader in a business? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm curious, what was your journey like um, to get there, right? For myself, it much easier, right? I was in technology and then went into entrepreneurship or actually I was doing both simultaneously. So, you know, my idea of technology is there and I can talk to so many people who they don't get the technological aspect of their business. So what, what did it take to get you where you currently are? That's a great question, Ambition. Thank you. Because it took a lot. It took me many, many years and a lot of mistakes, mm. right? That, that I always like to say, well, when we fail, let's fail forward and have it become an integrative learning experience to um, move beyond. But ultimately, I think one thing that's unique about my journey is that I started both a healing practice and a product business the same year, same time oh. in 1998. So, you know, a, a few moons ago, for sure. And in those earlier years of both, but specifically in business, I had a, a slight background in corporate America, but not at a C-level, for sure. Right. No degree at that time. And certainly, and to this day, no degree in business, but Ooh. a lot of experience. And for sure, um, I think a lot of my wins came from having to grow from adversity. Mm. For example, I, you know, had the product business and for many years creating branding uh, different than the Adora Winquist platform. And I'll share a little bit more, but I went through different um, names of companies, kind of through similar threads of branding, um, core platform, the same of combining vibrational frequency or energy and intention in with essential oils for personal empowerment for our enhance our feeling response and our emotional resilience to specifically stress and PTSD. Right. Um, but it took a lot of mistakes along the way. And so it, even in um, about 12, almost 13 years ago, when I decided, okay, I have this practice, I have this product business, neither of one of them are really succeeding. But here I am now, I'm a single mom, I just had a baby, I'm alone, I can't afford to go back to work and pay for childcare and my rent, what am I going to do? Wow. So from that adversity came the fact of, well, I've got all these formulas. I have these ideas, right? As a visionary, I have ideas all of the time. Mm. But now it's time to execute and get something happening here because I don't have a choice. Right. And that's where I sold into my first Whole Foods account with a product line that was based on enhancing our emotional well-being and working with the spirituality of the chakra system for empowerment. 
And, um, and that brand I built for a number of years to more accounts and more um, uh, background, right? Like brand concept, brand architecture, visuals. I've been really fortunate to have my uh, creative director with me for 20 years and all of the brands that I've created since then. Um, But with that, through that adversity and like really having to hustle, I was able to um, make some leaps along the way and ultimately rebrand that business uh, to what today is called Adora Therapy. And I hired a team and I took on financing. I took on equity partnerships. Uh, we built that to having a war, an award-winning brand from the packaging to the formulas um, and over 400 accounts in the U.S. and some international play with that brand. Um, and then I left day-to-day operations, sold most of my equity so I could go out and start this new platform, Adora Winquist, and I have a couple of other businesses in addition to that, like Crystal Raven, which is a whole other exciting genre, uh, and then to start the book. So I think that, you know, from that perspective, what does it take to be successful, right? And I have to say, like, the moment that I, um, I saw your name, Ambition, what it reminded me of was when I was 18 years old, still in high school and upstate New York, And sometimes they would bring us together for these like uh, movies, like it could be something on, I don't know, like hygiene or who knows, but this one was um, about inspiration and it was a song desire by you too. And as I was watching this, I think it was supposed to, you know, activate something within us to take out into the world after graduation. And that activated this drive and this ambition within me to know that, I wasn't really sure what I was going to do, but I knew it was going to, it wasn't going to be out of the norm. Like I'm going to go to school for this and get a job in this field. Right. And so that ambition and that drive and that perseverance that was activated within me has been what has propelled me forward. Even when there were many losses, there were many mistakes in judgment that I made. There were many painful lessons along the way, but you know, they, they say, I say, I believe that the path of the entrepreneur is not for the weak of heart because you're not going to have an idea. And like, I'm going to get here A to B. No, you're going to oh, go in so many. All the way around. Yeah, all I the tell way around. all of my clients and all of my partners and anybody that will listen that entrepreneurship and business is the best personal development tool. It will literally force you to that area that you've been avoiding right? Totally. If you're looking at like a YouTube channel and you're saying, I don't want to start my YouTube channel, go ahead and start your entrepreneur business and see if not four years, five years down the line, you're right back to having to go start that YouTube channel, Mm -hmm. right? And sometimes what it can be that I notice stands in a lot of our ways is uh, we hear the task and we immediately start building up how hard it is right? Forgetting that our job as entrepreneurs, as business people, as intelligent leaders in the world, not just in business, in in the world, right? And I'm not just talking about people who are leading businesses, but people who are employees in businesses, people who are parents, children. I think every person is a leader, right? Yeah, So, so true. As a leader, it's your job to figure out the easy way to do some hard shit. Mm-hmm. (laughs) not just say that it's hard 
Yeah. I think too, like this is the one aspect of our human nature, right? It's like we have this thing to do. We make it like all of these things of how awful it's going to be. And then we actually do it. And it's like, wow, why didn't I do that before? Like this was not that bad. And I made this whole huge, you know, internal (laughs) drama about it. Uh, No, I, I definitely agree. Right. I do the same thing. Anything having to do with actually writing more than three sentences, I'm like, oh, no, I got to write an essay. (laughs) Right. And I forget, like, I'm a speaker. Why don't I just talk it out? (laughs) I know. And then transcribe it. Yeah. Yeah, Like, it'll be fine now. And now since I've started doing that, all my copies looking great. My emails get done in 20 minutes instead of three hours. Right. All of the stuff just pulls together. That is such an important part, right? Like an important piece of the puzzle. I love that you touched on that because as entrepreneurs, we're not going to be excellent at every single facet of the business. Right. I sure I'm not. I'm not great at organization. I'm not great at the technical piece at all. The graphic design piece. I have a vision in my mind, but I can't get that into digital form in any form or facet. How many times have your graphic designers told you that idea is too complicated? It's not going to work. We need to simplify that. Well, actually, never, because oh. my my creative director who leads the design team is so like on point. We're on the same wavelength because after 20 years, like we gotcha. really know each other well. So instead, what she does is she takes my vision and she actually makes it better than I anticipated. And that mm. is such a delight. Like my book cover, she did this. Let's see if I have it here, this design. And she took a base concept and created like a whole life form around it. I I love that. um, Yeah. So I think I'm super fortunate and that's why, you know, surrounding yourself by brilliant people that are particularly talented in the areas that you're not and being able to receive their um, brilliance is such an important part, right? Like not having the ego to say it's only my way. Right. Because right. that comes from a place of limitation. No, I definitely agree with that. Uh, you mentioned earlier that you did some work with veterans, right? Being a veteran yes. myself, uh, I did nine years in the Marine Corps. So wow. and as I was coming out, um, just so people know, they're probably thinking like, you guys are talking spiritual stuff. How does that help veterans? As I was getting out of the military, I, I got real with myself about my mental health. Right. And wow. In so doing, you know, I went to go seek out help. The military sent me someplace where it's called Mind Body Wellness, right? I think Mind Body Wellness is the name of it. And there was all of these programs with meditation and mindfulness meditations and acupuncture and all of these things that were massively helpful to the veterans that I was in the room with. Um, You know, I, I, you know, got the firsthand experience you know, these healing moments with grown men that most people, whether or not you were in uniform, would be intimidated by, right? Like talking mm-hmm. big, bald. Hardcore. But, right. Like you, you don't want no problems, but there's genuine sadness in, in mm. you know, his heart because of, you know, the things that he had to do. And see, right? yeah. Right. And mm. so- just to touch on that a little bit, because I know we aren't the, uh, we probably aren't the easiest clients that you work with, 
So how, how do you help veterans and uh, what advice would you have for any veterans out there listening? Yes, I have to say that this um, topic and um, demographic um, from the military perspective is so near and dear to my heart. My dad was a Marine. Um, and as long yeah. as he was alive, which was until two years ago, you could never say he was a Marine because once right. you are, once you always are. Marine. Right. And, um, and he was my closest ally in life and friend. And so he served in the Korean war and, um, and I could see he shared a lot of the stories of that time. Um, and I also could see how deeply he suffered from PTSD, although he would never call it that. And, and even in his generation, it was never termed that. There were different, um, of course, classifications, but I knew what a struggle he had and it affected me deeply to the point where for over 10 years into my career, I wanted to be able to work with this um, with veterans, with, um, as a, as a group in these facets of plant medicine, of mindfulness, of meditation, of energy healing techniques. And so when I came to North Carolina, I had the privilege and opportunity to work with the veterans healing farm in Hendersonville, North Carolina, and to serve for a time as their co-director of, um, a medicinal garden and, of aromatherapy. And so what we did was, we would have the vets that would come out from the VA and we would teach them how to make their own medicine with right. the plants that we grew in the garden, right? How to make medicine for sleep, for mood, for energy, for pain. Um, and we even had uh, two boot camps that were about two and a half days each where we really got to have the immersion experience nice. of going and harvesting the plant matter and, and whether it was making a product from an herb that was grown or from the essential oil aspect, which I taught um, with great joy. Nice. To me, it was such a um, confirmation of this work that the vet the veterans were so open. They mm. were so um, uh, searching for alternatives beyond or as an adjunct to the pharmaceuticals um, that, that were offered. And so I, I continue, even though I had to step down from that position last year with a book tour and such, I continue to um, have a vision and a passion for some other ways of working um, in the future. Also, because my, my life partner is in the Air Force, he's retiring next year, but he started in the Marine Corps. And so, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. And he'll be preparing for his next deployment um, at the end of next month for a significant period of time to uh, the Middle East. And so these are all things that whether you're um, active, or retired in the military, um, there's still your family that are experiencing things based on your experience, based on you know what your travel and all of these other facets. That I think that um, these the power of plant and vibrational medicine can be such a wonderful support and healing and transformative um, opportunity for our active military and veteran community as well. No, I, I love what you said about helping them learn how to actually make the medicine. 
it goes back to what you said earlier about empowerment. And the, the reason I love that so much is that is like one of the tricks with dealing with veterans. Like if we feel like, you know, it's somebody doing it for us, we can be resistant on one hand. Um, on the other hand, if we do, you know, get into the delegation because everything within our culture is snapping, you know, mm-hmm. authoritative. Um, I remember walking in and it's the first day with my therapist and I'm like, I'm broken. I need it fixed. Like we need to do this now. Like I don't operate like this. I'm not able to get my work done. I don't care mm-hmm. about any of this emotional mumbo joke. Right. I don't uh, want to feel anything. <laughs> right. I don't want to feel nothing. I'm broken. <laughs> Fix it. You right. Know? Yeah. And it's like, no, well, yeah, you might be broken, but not in a way that you think it's the other way. So I love the empowering aspect of it. Right. Yes. the And in fact, um, the veteranshealingfarm.org is a wonderful resource for any of your listener, listeners that um, are interested in exploring what their mission and vision is. And I think there are still many of the videos, tutorials, and uh, information on the herbal and essential oil aspects for learning how to make our own medicine. Because um, it's a completely different thing. I can make something and say, here, ambition, use this this way, and this will really empower you. And you're like, okay, that's really great. I'm going to do that. But if you actually make it yourself and you understand the nature of the raw materials that you're putting in, the intention that you can infuse and then enhance the effectiveness of your formula, and mm-hmm. it's something that you crafted from, with your hands, your heart, your mind, it's a whole different level of... Mm-hmm experience of efficacy and therefore empowerment no i definitely see where you're going with that so you mentioned um you know the speaking portion of your business earlier uh what type of events do you normally speak at and Mm -hmm. what is in what is you know if you could give us like an example title of a speech that we could look forward to researching that you gave Um, I love to speak on essential oils for emotional balance and resilience. And that's something if you're looking at any of the press that's on my site or previous interviews, uh, you'll see that I will pretty much always come back to this because it is a way that we can shift with immediacy, Mm. our emotion and our emotional response. And so I share this with everywhere from schools to um, I just did a presentation for my alma mater, which is the Barbara Brennan School of Healing. It's a premier school, global school that teaches energy medicine with a focus on psychodynamics through the human energy field. And so I did a presentation on four essential oils for every healer's aromatic arsenal. Nice. Um, and, and how we can not only release emotions that are held through trauma, how we can repattern the brain and the neural pathways with the power of essential oils, which is something I'm incredibly passionate about because it's something that everyone can benefit from and it's practical and it's accessible. Um, and how we can overall recalibrate and re-regulate our nervous system from past trauma 
through working with the essential oils and different mindfulness techniques. Awesome. So um, I you know, speak at hospitals and other um, mental health organizations. Um, and, and I really have such an openness, like large scale conferences too, um, but everything from local community to large scale global gotcha. platforms, because I think it's important to uh, touch upon all of those communities and demographics and to be able to uh, kind of plant those seeds. Like we, we, when we are planting a garden, we're not just planting in like one fruit or one vegetable, right? Where we want to plant in all of the areas to be able to seed the greatest bounty. And from my perspective, it's all of the different communities and demographics and organizations that can, that are ready to receive change. Because ultimately we have to be ready to change, to take those first steps. Uh, But once we are, once we have that openness, once we have that receptivity, then there's so much that can be shared. And I think that that from my perspective, whether it's essential oils or crystal healing or vibrational medicine or nutrition or meditation, um, which are all facets of my background, um, mm-hmm. that there's something that everyone can take from that to be able to take action steps and empower their life in a healthier way. Because what works for you is not necessarily going to work for someone else. Right. And so like with my new book that's out, for all of these um, aspects of healing, whether it's greater energy, deeper love, better mood, we explore 11 different alchemical aspects from essential oils to herbs, to meditation, to crystals, to nutrition, Mm. um, so that everyone can kind of create their own unique formula for healing and for empowerment. Beautiful, beautiful, dope. All right, so we're now at the point in the podcast where we'll get off all of the serious stuff. I always trade a story for a story, right? Okay, cool. I think I'm actually going to name it. So this is the very first segment where we're going to name this segment of the podcast. So this is the first episode where we'll have the name story for story, right? And I always allow my guests to go first. And the question is, what is one of the wildest stories you can tell us? Oh, God, that I can tell you. Yes. (laughs) Oh, what is one of the wildest stories? Hmm. Well, something that I think is relatively tame for readership, for listenership. I just came no, back. From... We don't want tame. This is. Oh, we don't want tame. No. Oh, gosh. Yeah. There's so many stories. Let's see. <laughs> um. Hmm. Okay, this is a really crazy one. Uh, yeah, that's okay. the one we want. This is so, uh, this is probably um, a little over 20 years ago. But I had just re- actually, I just came back this weekend from uh, doing some press stuff and teaching in, in New York City and New Jersey. And in New Jersey, I saw um, like my one best friend, we've been friends since sixth grade and her husband, we've been very close for the 20 plus years. So we have known each other through so many things, right? You think of all of the life experiences you have in 20 years, children, marriage, divorce, illness, loss, win, success, et cetera. So one thing that I was reminded when, 
we were together is that we took a trip to a cruise to Bermuda a little over 20 years ago. And we were in a much more free and wild and crazy uh, time of our lives. And so we went out, um, I think the boat docked somewhere in Bermuda and we went out to this restaurant and had a lot of cocktails and I think um, cosmopolitans, what are they called? Uh, Martinis. Nice. nice. Uh, So we were having martinis and then um, uh, two of us went and not myself, myself and my friend's husband stayed out and we're hanging out with the crew from the ship because they were, you know, they were off work. And so they were having a lot of fun and they decided to go to this beach. So we followed them to the beach. I mean, it was probably like 11 o'clock at night. It was, uh, we'd all had numerous cocktails and we decided to go swimming, which at that time is like feeding time for the sharks. No, <laughs> so not really an intelligent thing to do. And we almost decided to swim back around the island to the ship which luckily we didn't because certainly we probably would have drowned. Um, But just the fact that going back and talking about this memory last week of like, yeah, way too many cocktails and going swimming in the sea during feeding time and almost swimming back to the ship, which would have been certainly death. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, as to one of the things that we had a brilliantly fun time with, but certainly would not do now 20 some years later. I, yeah, I wouldn't have done that <laughs> in any juncture. <laughs> See, you're smarter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's it, or I just have a healthy fear of sharks. Yeah, um, right. Okay, so I got one for you. Um, actually, today I'm not going to tell a personal story for me, okay. but this is a story that I picked up through my family. So this is a story about my father, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, my father it was, you know, he passed away in 2011, but um, it was, you know, kind of a short man. He was 5'3", but very charismatic, very intelligent. Like, he, he could talk a, man, he, he'd talk a swordsman into stabbing themselves. Right? <laughs> like, that's how that's good. Funny. Yeah, like, that's him, right? I remember, and just so people get an idea for, you know, who my dad was, we were standing in a line at a BJ's, right? BJ's is this department store and he's behind this lady in scrubs. So he leans in and this is before, you know, COVID obviously. So the coughing wasn't that bad. He leans in a little bit and nudges her and goes, <coughs> goes, I'm not feeling too well. I think I may need a nurse to help me out later on. And the lady's just sitting there like, well, ain't you bold, right? <laughs> so that's that's my dad, right? Even at his funeral, everyone's talking about how he was a ladies' man. And Oh, wow. Yeah, and I felt so sorry for this lady. She was talking, she stood up and she was talking about how my father would help walk her son to school every morning and help oh. her out. But all of the rest of us in the audience was like, yeah, we know. We know. we know why we, we know right oh wow so that's great this story is back from when my father was young and one of the things that was always told to me about my father as charismatic as he was as much of a lover as he was uh he had a very bad temper right and the temper wasn't something that you could realize it wasn't like he was going to yell and scream with you he was going to talk softer and get much more polite and much more articulate 
And when it blew up, that was your ass to catch. Mm-hmm. So my aunt uh, was dating a guy at the time. And I'm not sure whether or not the story was that he hit her or he was arguing with her. And my father was driving uh, vans or trucks, right? And the man's house was at the bottom of a hill. So my father was driving his truck. And now the truck is in the middle of this man's living room, right? <gasps> so he drove the truck into the living room. What? Oh, right? my goodness. Police get there. Everybody's like, what's going on? Da, 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 da. They go to my father to go get the statement. You know what my father says? Brakes failed. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Just like that. Yeah. Brakes failed. Brakes failed. Wow. Nothing else. Said nothing else. That's an incredible story. That is an incredible story. So you mentioned uh, Bermuda, and I figured I'd give you the uh, story of a Bajan. So my family's from Barbados. So wow, uh, yeah. Beautiful. So mm. Bajan man drives into man's house. That's a great headline right there. Right. <laughs> that's right. a story to pass down for sure. That, no, it, that's like one of my favorite stories. Like yeah. when when I'm talking to my son now about, you know, being a leader and protecting family, I tell him that story. Mm-hmm. Right. That and it, it's taking some of the more traumatic. Hey, you guys are bad people and just kind of right. twisting it. Right. Like he's going to hear that story from other family members eventually. And I don't yeah. want him to be like, oh, my God, my grandfather was horrible. Right. Right. For sure. Yeah. Um, I'll tell I'll tell another story on another episode. You're going to have to rejoin us for that one. I will. I would love to. But I, that's how I felt when my mom told me a story about my great grandfather. Well, yeah, technically my great grandfather. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so we'll get to that. Uh, it's a story about jealousy and murder. So we'll actually. Oh, wow. That's intriguing. I'm sure that myself and your other listeners right now are intrigued and want to come back for that. Yeah, definitely come back for it because it's not happening today. Right, right. (laughs) Um, That's a good hook. What is the what is one thing that you would leave our listeners with? What the most important thing that you think Mm. they need um, while encapsulating that that essence, the idea of the struggle to success? Mm-hmm. or struggle to strive? I would say that every single moment in your life, every step you've taken, every breath you've taken has brought you perfectly here and now. Mm. Certainly it's been an imperfect journey because all of ours is imperfect in some way, right? We all have adversity. We all have something that we've come into this life within us to transform and heal and grow from. And yet we also have a tremendous gift, a unique light, a unique gift that we can only bring to the world for the greater good of all. And that no matter how you feel in this moment, um, in a way where that imperfection is surfacing, you're not alone. And there is a path out and far beyond what you're experiencing. And even if what you're experiencing right now is magnificence, Uh, there is even more to be had and experienced and felt and embodied. Man, that that was amazing. Thank you for that. Thank you for an amazing uh, episode. And for those of you listening, go be great. 
Thank <laughs> you.